Derek Carr officially signs with the Saints. What does that mean for everybody's dynasty value on that offense? All that and more this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is the lovely Kate Madjuk. Follow her on Twitter at Kate Madjuk. Kate, the NFL Combine wrapped up on Sunday. We've got all this really fun data to talk about. And then, of course, we've got some fun quarterback news. But how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It was a great NFL Combine. I'm exhausted. Marcus, like, uh, my brain is, is totally tired, but it was a very good weekend. We saw a a lot of, uh, exciting quarterback play, got to see a lot of on the field workouts, which was fun. Uh, some combine, uh, participants really crushed it and I'm excited to talk about them, but more so we've got the quarterback news, which we've got to discuss Derek Carr, uh, Closing in, finalizing a deal with the Saints, uh, supposed to be a four-year contract. Don't know if any official terms have been released here just yet. Uh, we're, we're kind of right in the thick of it. But give me your your rapid reaction to this news and what this means for uh, Carr's future. Is this the fit you were hoping for? Yes, uh, strangely enough. Now, just to be clear, I don't think this is like an awesome fit for his his dynasty value. I think he's just kind of like a low end QB two and super flex leagues, right? Like that's, it is what it is. Like the, when is the last time Derek Carr has been really fantasy relevant? It's been a while. However, I think if you're like a Chris Olave dynasty owner or, you know, some of these other players on the offense that you like, maybe a little bit, maybe a Juwan, uh Johnson potential breakout guy. I think this is a, a great fit because Derek Carr can feed receivers. We saw that last year with Devontae Adams. We saw that, a couple of years before with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, he can get the ball to the those weapons and he doesn't really run. So his game is going to be based on staying in the pocket, delivering the ball. I love this for Chris Olave. Love it. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think this is a good fit for all around. Like you mentioned, though, I, I don't think this does really anything for uh, Derek Carr's dynasty value at this point. Nothing, I think yep. we can kind of evaluate him uh honestly as if he he had been on the las vegas raiders like really just kind of a lateral move um you know doesn't have nearly as established a weapon uh like chris Olave, one of our favorite dynasty prospects he's a he's a young guy who's incredibly productive in his rookie season but um does he lose anything making the the move from a Devonte adams to a chris Olave, who is again extremely talented, but, you know, less, less experienced at the NFL level. No, I I don't think so. He's playing behind a better offensive line, playing indoors and playing in a, I think the weakest division in the NFL. I think this is a good fit. I think this will make the saints competitive. I know that we really don't talk about that part a a lot, but I I think Alave is just going to get a ton of downfield targets. And that's what Derek Carr is good at. And I think he's good enough to support another weapon in the passing game. Who is that going to be? It's not going to be Michael Thomas because the Saints are going to have to cut Michael Thomas this year. Is it Johnson? Is 
Adam Troutman, does he come from back from the dead and become fantasy relevant? I don't know. But I think if you are investing in the Saints offense, I think you feel good today. I If I'm uh, picking one, if I'm picking one guy, it's going to be Jawan Johnson for me, yeah. who I, yeah. I, I absolutely loved what we saw out of him in the 2022 season was um, really just kind of came out of left field, but was – you know, I think more than capable um, at establishing himself as a uh, receiver. He was an undrafted free agent, 6'4", 232 pounds. So he's a little bit uh, smaller for like that traditional um, dual threat tight end, but 508 receiving yards, seven touchdowns in 2022, his third NFL season, um, ran a lot of routes and he was, he was productive with those, especially uh, mm-hmm. as a, a scoring asset. So Juwan Johnson, biggest winner for me. I agree. Uh, back to Chris Olave really quickly. He's being drafted as wide receiver 11 right now in startup drafts behind guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Adams. Does that change at all after the news of Derek Carr? Not for me. Um, again, it feels like a very lateral a lateral move, although, you know, maybe Derek Carr does provide this offense a little bit more stability. Um, And I think, I think think some more explosiveness, like he's just a better deep ball thrower than Andy Dalton. He just is. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, We're going to, we're going to get to see a a lot of uh, interesting movement. I think this is going to be a really weird year for the saints. I think it's going to be a very telling year um, I think the draft is going to be super critical to like establishing their identity as a team. But I do think Derek Carr provides you enough safety to give you like the luxury to figure out what is my team's identity. Uh, are we a passing team? Are we a running team? Yeah. It, are, are like they're middle of the pack in so many different areas. Defense, it, like it, everything's middle of the pack. So I think having that stability at quarterback gives you this this ability to figure out what's going on with the rest of your roster and, and start to establish yourselves as um, a, a contending team in a not very competitive division. I got a hot take that I'm ready to fire off. Let's like, I'm going whi- to whisper it. So people don't hear it too loudly. I'd rather have Chris Olave than Garrett Wilson and dynasty right now. Okay. Does that stand if the New York jets get Aaron Rodgers? Yes. I think it's because even if, I mean, I know Derek Carr is a short-term solution, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown for over 250 yards in a game in like 17 weeks, basically an entire year. It's been a long time. So I kind of think Derek Carr is going to be more willing to just chuck the ball all over the field and be reckless with the football, which is what we kind of want for a dynasty receiver, like somebody who's just going to pepper him with 12 targets, which Derek Carr does, by the way, he locks into one target and that guy gets absolutely fed rather than an Aaron Rodgers who likes to be careful and safe with the ball and don't throw interceptions and don't throw incompletions. So yeah, give me Chris Olave. I know that might seem like a short-term take, but that's how I feel. No, I mean, it, they're kind of a one, a B like a one, a B a, a one, a two, whatever you want to say. Um, but I mean, it, look it, from evaluating like the the prospects themselves, um, you couldn't ask for two players that uh, you know were were close enough. Even yep. uh, literally on the field, they were they were quite close uh, coming yes. out of Ohio State. State. 
Uh, all right, Kate, let's talk about some of the biggest combine winners and losers next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. Listen, we're getting close to summer and everybody's trying to get into beach shape. Uh, if you want to stick to your diet, but you also want to enjoy something, try a Built Bar. They're absolutely fantastic. Only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about going to Built.com and ordering there, which you could still do, by the way. But now you can go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate or the coconut puffs. Or if you live near a Sam's Club, go grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. All right, Kate, we've got a lot of combine stuff to get through. Who is just your biggest winner overall? Like one player that just completely stood out to you. I mean, I'm not going to break any, any brains here by saying, but Anthony Richard, a hundred, Anthony Richardson, a hundred percent won the NFL combine, just crushed it um, just across the board. And Marcus, it's kind of interesting because the, the talk after, um, you know, like kind of uh, among some of these dynasty communities and Twitter has been really interesting because uh, on one hand, you have a group of people saying like the combine taught us absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. We knew Anthony Richardson was a bonkers athlete, which we did. But there's another section that I think, uh, you know, deserves a little bit of love, too. And it's the fact that, like, did we know he was going to be this good? I don't we knew think, he like, was going to be athletic, but I don't know if anybody predicted this athletic. Nobody predicted that, it, at least nobody that I saw was predicting a historical performance at the NFL Combine for Anthony Richardson. I do think that's sort of the difference, right? Like we know um, what the upside of an RG3, like a freak athletic prospect is. Um, and, you know, again, this is just reactionary to what we saw on the field but you know even off the field we heard rave reviews from him uh in terms of his interviews with teams scouts reported all weekend long that you know teams are falling in love with this kid he interviewed well um just across the board there wasn't anything that came out about anthony richardson in this entire process that made you think twice until you go back and look at the tape and in the stats. Yeah. I mean, Richardson's obviously one of the biggest winners. I'm going to stick with the quarterbacks, Kate. Um, now this player didn't do any of the athletic testing, but I thought CJ Stroud was mm-hmm. unbelievable in some of the passing stuff. And I know listen, you shouldn't really care about the on field passing drills because you're throwing to receivers that you've never worked with before. It doesn't really translate. However, I mean, you see the appeal with C.J. Stroud. Like, he is just so accurate, and the ball placement is so good. And I just feel like he's really safe. Like, he's going to walk into the NFL, be a competent starter. And I think there's some Dak Prescott upside where, like, hey, if you get in the right scheme with the right weapons around you, you could be a top-10 quarterback without having to squint too hard. So I, I just thought Stroud looked awesome this week. Stroud looked awesome, and I will say I think he's, like, one of the – lowest key winners like nobody's really come out of this weekend talking a whole lot about cj stroud but um you know you mentioned the fact that you can't put too much weight on these on the field workouts because again these are quarterbacks throwing to receivers that 
they don't have reps with. Like we know that, that quarterback receiver connections, there's a lot about chemistry. There's a lot about timing there, but that makes it all the more impressive that he just seamless seamlessly and so effortlessly connected with these wide receivers that he doesn't have that rapport with, right? Like imagine when he's on the field, I don't know, let's say the Houston Texans uh, draft him number two, and then they swoop right back around, grab Jackson Smith and Jigbo at sure. their second pick, I think is at 12. Uh, you get him a, a receiver he's very familiar with. I think we could have uh, a, a really, really interesting bit of upside. And again, not a whole lot of people are talking about him, but what you like to see is that all of that accuracy that, you know, we praise that he's just got beautiful touch for quarterback. Yeah. Everything is just, yeah. it it's perfect. Everything about the ball placement, everything about the, the force he's throwing the ball with, it's just all perfect. And that translated to the field, which is exciting. And I can see him landing in like five different spots and being like, you know what? That's right. Like if he goes to the Colts, I'm like, okay, makes sense. If he goes to the Raiders, Fantastic. Devontae Adams is going to love it. Like, I think he's one of the safest quarterback prospects in this draft. And because of his accuracy, I think he's a pretty high upside as well. So a a big fan of CJ Stroud. Who else impressed you? Uh, Well, I I do want to get your your take. Bryce Young officially measured. uh, And that was sort of the the thing that we were, the the information we were all waiting on. uh, Came in at 5'10", 1 8 inches, 204 pounds, which... uh, 204 pounds, I think we can all safely say that's probably not going to be his playing weight. No, it's not going to be his playing weight. Did did his measurements move the needle at all for you in any way, shape, or form this weekend? Not really. We knew he was small, right? Like, we knew he was short. We knew that he was – we talked about this last week. We we knew he was going to put on a bunch of water weight, and he was going to try to measure in over 200 pounds, and we know that he doesn't play at it. So – no, I, I don't think anything that happened with Bryce Young should dramatically change your opinion on him either way. I think that's uh, that's exactly where I'm leaving it. Yeah, I really Bryce Young didn't really do anything in, in either direction um, it, regarding that height and weight. Just kind of did exactly what we were expecting. But excited to see his pro day. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into some running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, because there, sure. there were plenty of people that – we should be talking about here coming out of uh, day two and day three of the combine. Who, who was your most impressive receiver? It was Jackson Smith and Jigba. And mm. maybe I'm biased because he was my wide receiver one coming into the week. Uh, didn't run the 40 yard dash as we had discussed heading into the combine, uh, which was disappointing. But I mean, Marcus, he, he looked every bit the part and let's talk about the, the, um, you know, the drills that he did towards the end of the combine again, didn't run uh, for the speed, but he did uh, participate in the 20 yard shuttle three cone uh, six, five, seven, three cone, which is just absolutely incredible. It showcases fourth fastest all time at wide receiver insane. Uh, And that just showcases his ability to, um, to turn, make those cuts. And that's, kind of critical for a, a guy that I think is playing uh, the position the way that he is love the way that, that he performed. And I think like on the field, just he looked like the most pro ready receiver in the workout for me. I, I agree with you. Um, 
I wasn't a huge Jackson Smith and Jigba fan kind of coming into the draft process, but I think that combine performance is going to force me to go back and watch the tape. Um, it's just because he not only did the, the agility drill is really good and all that kind of stuff, but like the actual on field performance, like so silky smooth. He was the best route runner out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think I could be back in and you go look at the numbers back in 2021 when he was playing with Chris Olave and with Garrett Wilson and he outperformed all those guys. So I, it's certainly somebody else to keep an eye on. I, I got one more that I really I want to ask you about. Is it Marvin Dar- Mims? No, it's not Marvin Mims. Ah, saving, him, saving him for Friday. Don't worry. I didn't forget about <laughs> Marvin Mims. Uh, Darnell Washington, the Georgia yep. tight end. Now, we knew he was big coming into the, the combine. Uh, come, measured it at 6'7", 264 pounds. And we had a feeling that he was going to run fairly fast. I, I don't remember what the official number was. Was it 464? Four six four official, yes. That that's kind of what a lot of scouts around the league were anticipating. What was shocking to me, Kate, is the the twenty yard shuttle. He had the fourth fastest twenty yard shuttle at the NFL Combine this year. So you get somebody that's that big, that fast, and can change direction a little bit, and you can have him on the field right away as a blocker, and he can stretch the middle of the field. Like, why isn't this the number one tight end? in this class. I, that I think is going to do, uh, do us a nice segue into, uh, our final segment here and talking about the biggest losers. Cause there was a tight end, mm. uh, who came in here as the consensus tight end one in this class. And I think he might've got booted, yes. um, low key shout out to, uh, Zach Kuntz, uh, yeah. old dominion cr- literally just absolutely crushed the combine. Like, uh, Penn State transferred to Old Dominion in 2021, posted uh, 692 yards and five touchdowns in his first season with the team. But, like, just across the board, uh, 34-inch arms, 83rd percentile, 455-40, 92nd percentile, mm-hmm. big hands, 40-inch uh, vert. He was the tallest player to record a 40-inch vert since 20, uh, 2003, 96th percentile in his broad jump. Like, this dude crushed the combine, um, you know, unfortunately suffered a season ending injury in 2022. So we didn't get to see that full season of what might've been, but I have a feeling that, uh, you know, that athletic profile is going to bump him up some draft boards for sure. hundred percent agree. All right. Let's talk about some of the biggest losers from the NFL combine next. All right, Kate, uh, who do you have that you were a little bit disappointed with their performance over the weekend? Ooh, there, there are a few, um, but uh, let's segue from our tight end conversation. Let's talk about Michael Mayer, uh, yep. tight end out of Notre Dame. Um, just like did not post any of the numbers that I, I think we wanted to see. Ran a four seven official forty yard dash, which you know we saw a lot of really athletic tight tight ends. It's fine. Group. I think it's fine for him. Fine. It's just fine. It's but it's just fine, right? His metrics across the board, uh, you know, 32 and a half inch vert, um, sub 10 foot broad jump. Like, I, I think just generally speaking with your expectations coming in for the tight end one and then seeing the performances of a Darnell Washington, of a Zach Koontz, uh, Sam Laporta, like uh, there were other guys that just popped more throughout uh, their workout, their numbers popped more. So in terms of like what he did, it's fine. 
but I think it's where he kind of lost the most steam as tight end one for me comes with uh, the comparison against other tight ends who just absolutely crushed it. And we know this is a really good tight end class. And then on top of that, like, I think there was some expectation. Hey, this is a you know big tight end, 6'5", 260, comes in at 6044, so 6'4 and a half, 249, so under 250 pounds. Runs a 4'7", which is a good time, but it's not an elite time. And I think people are just wondering, like, okay, what separates him from, like, Cole Komet as a prospect coming out of the same school? Like, they're very similar. The numbers are very similar. The only difference is this Komet was a little bit bigger than Michael Mayer. So I, I agree with you. Um, another guy that I want your opinion on Kayshawn booty. Mm, who, out. Yeah. I mean, so we were kind of out on him just in general because of some of the off the field stuff, some of the inconsistencies. And then Kay, he tests as a below average athlete. Not only does he not measure in at uh, six foot or I think he was listed at six, one comes in at five eleven, hundred 195 pounds, he had the worst vertical of all the receivers at the combine, 29 inches, uh, a very poor broad jump. And then he runs a 4-5, which again, that's not a bad time, but it's also not an elite time. Like if you're taking a chance on one of these receivers that has some questionable off-the-field stuff and some maturity, you want them to be an elite athlete. Very similar like to George Pickens last year, right? Pickens had some maturity problems, tested as an absurd athlete. Just not the case with Keyshawn Booty. No, it almost feels like he wasn't like he he didn't prep for this combine yep. at all. Um, and obviously, I can't speak to that. I I don't know. But about it his feels prep. like and that, right? It feels like it. And this is already a guy that we had concerns about his preparedness. Like uh, we talked about his his route running in his final season at LSU. Just like at times felt super lazy. Didn't seem like he wanted to be there, and it felt like that was kind of a similar. Uh, vibe that we got at the combine and like if you're not going to get an elite athlete you want a guy with heart and it doesn't feel like Kayshawn Booty is uh, filling that that role very well another loser at the wide receiver position my best my best boyfriend uh, Tank Dell out of Houston uh, came in we knew he was going to be small um, five eight uh, and three eighths inches, 165 pounds. Like none of that is a surprise. Right. Um, but I think what was surprising ran a four, four, nine, uh, 40 yard dash, like just wasn't overly explosive. And you kind of expect these guys that are more undersized to, to hopefully have more of those explosive elements to their game and, and see those numbers start to pop. Um, his on the field workout, like he had some drops. It just wasn't, he didn't look like tank Dell of, of Houston out there. The, the good news is the, the 40 yard dash was disappointing, but he did run a one, four, nine, 10 yard split, which is in like the 92nd percentile. So he is quick. He's just not, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill speed, right? Which Marcus that, I mean, that showcase, like, so that 10 yard split it shows your burst in these short yep. ranges, which like that was the the part of his eval that popped for me was his ability to move and and create separation in short yardage situations. So I'm happy that translated. I just don't think like there's nothing that Tank Dell did this week to improve his draft stock. And, I agree. And- I think it probably hurt him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, 
I know some people are going to mention Jordan Addison running a four four nine at one hundred and seventy three pounds. I, honestly, it just doesn't bother me all that much because we knew he was light. We knew he wasn't a burner. He's he's quick, but he's not necessarily a burner. Tested as like a fifty ninth percentile athlete. I don't think he profiles as the number one wide receiver, anyways. Uh, I just think he's going to be a really solid actual NFL wide receiver too. But I think if you were hoping for him to be something more than that, you were probably a little disappointed. Definitely agree there for, for the amount of hype uh, and for what we see on the field. uh, It just didn't feel like the, uh, the numbers don't pop as much as his game does on the field. Um, Last but not least, any running backs you want to, uh, to shout out as, as, losers or even as winners because we didn't even touch on the running back position uh in our winners segment is there any any names that pop for you Mm, not really i i feel like this running back class we kind of knew what we were getting right like we kind of knew what guys were going to test well and which ones were going to maybe run a little bit slower i don't think anything that Bijan robinson did was all that surprising like we knew he was going to run in the high four fours and that's what he did so I know that's probably a bad take, but I don't, was there anybody for you? I think the only player uh, that popped, and again, this is like totally just measurables driven, right? Like we, um, it, it's hard not to just be a little disappointed. I was hoping that Deuce Vaughn uh, would at least measure in at his listed height of five six. Came in at five five. Um, yeah. He's just he's really tiny. He's super tiny. Uh, the arm length for Deuce Vaughn, really concerning for me. Uh, sub 28 inches, 27 inches and he's three small. quarters. He's so small. And I think he, uh, just the measurables in general, came in a lot smaller than even I was expecting based on listed height and weight. It, 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 none of that seemed to be a problem on the field when you watched him at Kansas State. So, like, take it all with a grain of salt. But if, if he finds a, you know, a substantial role in the NFL, it is going to be a huge outlier. Yeah. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft Show. Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Uh, Kate, you guys can go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Matt and Ryan back on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Kate, you and I back on Friday to discuss discuss a certain Oklahoma wide receiver. We'll see you guys then.